This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to Saver. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about onions. Onions. Yes. I, I, if I sounded distracted there, it's because my computer popped up with a thing that said that we're supposed to be recording now. And I was like, oh, thank you, computer. Your we, computer's trying to keep your life on track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've told you my life is so overscheduled that like literally every 10 minutes my phone oh. is like, you should be doing this. Like probably 10 minutes from now it'd be like, you should be at the history section right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. It's really too much. Okay, Annie's phone. Well, we'll we'll work towards We're that. We're going. We're working on it. <laughs> um, yes, onions. I have a lot of friends who really don't like onions. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, they say delicious. it's like overpowering and oh. like the breath. I think they're more self-conscious about their breath oh, afterward. That's what gum is for. Yeah, or I mean... Whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. It's a delicious <laughs> onion. Exactly. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's one of the foods that I shouldn't eat, not because of the breath issue, but mm. but because it upsets my stomach a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. They're so good. They are. They absorb flavor very well. There's a lot of types of them. I think people forget that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's many delicately flavored onions for sure. Yes. Um, long story short, but I was once kind of semi-trapped in a house. Okay. That was like an hour away from civilization, and oh. I had no car. Oh. And all I had to eat was a bag of onions. <laughs> <laughs> and so for like two days, oh, I just geez. ate sautéed onions and watched the Olympics. 
Okay. And then someone showed up for the car, and I was rescued. Oh, well, I'm I'm glad. I I'm also like, like like all of my urges right now are to like <laughs> check in and see if you're okay. But that was you in the past, so there's really nothing I could do. But yeah, no, you can survive okay on onions for a little while anyway. I have a real soft spot for them. I I was concerned, you know. I, I'm looking that at these that was going to be it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how sad, like, this is not going to taste very good, but it's actually pretty good. I mean, <laughs> it's an interesting time in my life. <laughs> Some of my friends listening know about this, and I'm sure they feel guilty. I don't blame you. It was all mis- misunderstanding. Um, also, isn't the – have you ever played Overcooked? Overcooked? Yeah. Mm, I have no idea what that is, No. It's like a switch game where you're you're working with people and you're trying to cook dishes. Okay. Um, we played it at game night here once, but I believe the King Onion is the person who's trying to teach you how to cook, ah. trying to teach you his ways. All right. There's some onion personalities that w- we can get into in a minute, but uh, but let's let's get to our question. Onions. What what are they? They are not the satire news site, or at least not for this particular episode. <laughs> Although if you Google, as I found out, onion science, um, articles from the onion tagged with science uh, do dominate the first page of uh, search results. I believe it. <laughs> we have an onion calendar next to our coffee machine. Yeah. And I didn't know it was an onion calendar at first because oh. it's not like, clearly labeled. And there's a story about a man who decided to run and change his life. And I was like, this is news. <laughs> 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 then people randomly, like Ramsey randomly puts food-related onion articles on my desk. Aww. I, th- I think it's Ramsey. Actually, I've never verified that. <laughs> Ooh, that's fun. I think it's Ramsey. Okay. But anyway, okay, it's not that. Not so that. what is it? Well, an onion is the food source that the uh, Allium cepa plant grows to help it survive through cold, dark winters. And that humans can also use as a food source. Um, an onion is a bulb. A light bulb in the brain. <laughs> Of the saver team. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's a plant bulb, and bulbs are so fascinating. Okay, all right, so most plants grow roots to collect water and stuff and uh, leaves to collect energy from the sun, all of which they use to create seeds. And then the plant's job is, like, basically done, right? Um, Under the right conditions, it might collect more stuff and produce more seeds, but, yeah, that's about it. Onions, though. Onions spend the first year of their life collecting all that stuff in the form of an underground bulb. Every layer of an onion is the the thick, uh, fleshy base of one of its leaves. When the weather gets cold, the leaves will die off and the bulb will remain dormant until spring when it sends up new leaves and a flower shoot, which can produce seeds. Um, But the bulb will last and keep flowering year after year. Or it could if we, you know, didn't dig it up and eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So an onion bulb is is like basically room and board for the basal stem and the flowering parts of the onion plant. As such, uh, the bulb grows uh, these thick protective layers with lots of walls and water and sugars and sulfurous compounds to discourage animals from eating it. Hey. But onions, suckers, we humans <laughs> decided like, that we like those. compounds, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so, so the result is a uh, crisp, juicy, pungent bulb that can keep for a really long time at room temperature because that is essentially what it evolved to do. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Good on you, onions. 
Nutrition-wise, onions can add a lot of flavor to dishes without adding that many calories. Uh, They've got a little bit of protein, lots of vitamins and minerals, other useful stuff, and just a wee tiny bit of fat. Its English name most likely was derived from the Latin word for one or unity, unus, union, anionis. The concept there is that there's like a sense of connection or unity in the successive layers of an onion in exactly the way that there is not in, in garlic, in the separate cloves of garlic. The Latin word, though, for onion was sepa, so. Hmm. Fun with etymology. Indeed. The word onion has been around since the early 1100s, which is just a long time for a word. I love that. It is. It is indeed. Some folks have the surname onions, and that comes from the Welsh onion, meaning anvil. Ah. Yeah. Layers. Layers. <laughs> ah. <laughs> See what you did there? See what you did? And yeah, there are so, so many types of onions. There's pearl onions, Italian onions, Spanish onions, Bermuda onions, white onions, yellow onions, red onions, sweet onions, <laughs> Valdelia onions. My mom... She makes the journey to Valdelia, Georgia every year for their onions. Yeah? Yeah. For, I mean, you can buy them in grocery stores. Does she know? Don't tell her that. <laughs> it's tradition. <laughs> is there, like, onion stuff to do there? I mean. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, there is. <laughs> They've made a whole thing about it. We'll talk about it a little later, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vidalia, Georgia, for for all y'all who don't know, is where those onions come from. Um, But yes, there are hundreds of varietals of onions grown all over the world. Um, Shallots are technically a different species in the Allium genus, but uh, the general consensus seems to be that that's like an unnecessary distinction and they'd be better classified as an onion subspecies, but I don't know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, Leeks, garlic, and chives are all cousins in that Allium genus. Scallions a.k.a. green onions, can come from a number of varieties of onions and other species in that genus. They don't develop big bulbs, though, um, but, but their leaves do have that mild oniony taste. Spring onions are similarly used for their leaves, but they are generally just young onions that haven't developed a large bulb yet. Still blooming. Still blooming. <laughs> If we look at numbers, as of 2016, China led the world in onion production with 23.8 million tons, followed by India, Egypt, the U.S., and Iran. As far as the U.S. fresh vegetable market goes, onions come in third, which translates to 20 pounds a person in 2007. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It's not a little. That's right. (laughs) The onion is used in a plethora of dishes. French onion soup, which always makes me think of Harry Potter. A creature would make a French onion soup, and then they never got to have it because everything went wrong. But anyway. Oh, uh, that's a deep <laughs> cut, dude. I, I'm telling you, I, it's all up here. I, I didn't ask for it, but it, my brain retained it. All right. <laughs> uh, like flavor in an onion. You can find them on sandwiches and stir fries and roast and jams, salads, the blooming onion, stuffed inside meats to imbue with flavor, casseroles, pizza toppings, stews, a key member of the trinity, pickled, boiled, dehydrated onion, onion juice, onion powder, so much stuff. A vast majority of cuisines around the world use onions in their dishes. Yep. Yep, it makes it difficult for me to eat things all the time. I'm sorry, Lauren. I almost put like a little like teary face like after like basically every paragraph in this outline. (laughs) I decided that would be much. (laughs) I would have appreciated it and felt sad at the same time. It would have been an interesting mix of emotions. Um, Kind of like onion sayings. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, related. I just wanted to put this in there. I know there's like like the layers of an onion. There's something from Shrek. But what I do know <laughs> is the more you peel, the more it stinks. That is a quote from Seinfeld quote oh. of the episode. Seinfeld quote of the episode. Actually, that probably is from somewhere else, but that's where I heard it. <laughs> so <laughs> thus, it is a Seinfeld quote. No, I heard. Mm-hmm. Heard and seen. And... My phone is telling me it is time (laughs) that we get to the history bit. Oh, but first, it's time for us to get to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, Another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Onions are old. Oh, yeah. Old. Like 5,000, maybe 6,000 years old. In, in, their, in their cultivated form, yes. Yes, at least. Possibly it is one of the world's oldest cultivated plants. Historians believe that they were dietary staples for our hunter-gatherer ancestors. Oh, yeah. They probably originated in Asia, particularly the area of southwestern Asia, like India and or Afghanistan. They are easy to grow, easy to transport, and not as perishable as other crops. Ancient Sumerians were using onions in their cooking over 4,000 years ago, and Babylonian tablets from 1700 to 1600 BCE included recipes calling for onions. Tombs indicate that ancient Egyptians were eating onions by 3,200 BCE. They were believed to endow strength and were fed to the enslaved laborers working on the pyramids. They were eaten daily by some folks along with bread. This was a popular combo in Mesopotamia as well. The spherical shape and the concentric rings inside were viewed as symbolic of eternal life in Egypt. So the onion bulb came to symbolize worship and eternity. Because of that, they were sometimes a part of Egyptian funerals. Historians know this because they were traces of onion on Ramsey IV's eye sockets. They were also left on the altars of gods. The Bible and the Quran mention onions as food. So, yeah, I I read that they have found onions that were wrapped up like little mini mummies in Egyptian tombs. Oh, I don't know why that's so cute. I don't know either. I I'm, I think I'm anthropomorphizing the onion yeah. probably more than the ancient Egyptians were. I think so. I think I'm thinking of King Onion from Overcooked. Okay. He's cute. I believe you. All right. During the third dynasty of Ur, once a month, some people received rations of a gallon of bread and onions on a string, which were eaten raw. And onions were found in Chinese gardens going back 5,000 years. I read some mixed things about ancient India's views on onions. Okay. I read in some places that they were reviled among Hindu widows, Buddhist, Orthodox Brahmins, and Jains who all believed they were to be avoided due to their odor. Also read that they were viewed as highly valuable medicinally. So, uh, (laughs) hard to say. During the 4th century BCE, Alexander the Great brought onions with him back from Egypt to Greece. The Romans introduced the onion to Europe where it was adopted surprisingly quickly in part because it was believed to boost the hardiness of soldiers. Onions were rubbed on gladiators in the belief it would help them get firmer muscles. I think that's my favorite fact of the episode. (laughs) It's pretty... I love what people, you know, what if we rub this onion juice? Right. On the muscles. (laughs) It's got to work. Perfect. Isn't there... Kind of brief tangent, but isn't there that thing that it's like... Men's sweat smells like onions. No, it smells like cheese. And women smell like grapefruit. It's a, it's a way back. I have not. Sminty episode. <laughs> I, I have not watched that sminty episode or li- listened. Mm-hmm. I have not consumed that particular sminty. Well. But I believe you. I, I mean, it it's kind of a shaky fact. I just remember <laughs> something like that. Maybe it's related to this. Mm. Anyway, an onion basket was unearthed in a brothel in Pompeii. Apparently, they were believed to be, yep, an aphrodisiac. Oh, another added to the list. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Hippocrates mentioned onions in his writings going back to 5th century BCE. The ancient Greeks were more interested in the health benefits of the onion as opposed to eating them. For funsies, yeah. Right. Pliny the Elder, our old pal, recommended it as a cure for sores, issues with your vision, dysentery, and toothaches. They thought it could help balance your blood. (laughs) Athletes sometimes consumed large quantities to get this balance of blood. Yeah, humors, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Medicinally speaking, throughout history, onions were believed to help with colds, earaches, animal bites, laryngitis, burns, and warts. And maybe because of that, remains of the plant were found at the Royal Palace of Gnosis in Crete. In 6th century CE India, onions were believed to be good for the heart, joints, and digestion. During the Middle Ages, the onion's value was such that folks might pay their rent with it or give the bulb as a gift. I want to bring that back. I want to bring it back. <laughs> I mean, I, people would be mad. Oh, I don't think they would be that mad. It would depend on the friends. It would depend on the person. Yeah. 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 I might try it out. <laughs> if I tried to pay my rent to my landlord in onions. Oh, that wouldn't work, though. <laughs> but it would be It would funny. have to be a lot of onions. <laughs> I just have a whole, like, dump truck. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Uh, and they also thought that onions were good for blisters and hemorrhoids. So a lot of uses. Let's talk about tulips. Tulips. Yep. Okay. All right. During 1630s to 1630s, Europe was in a full-blown tulip craze. Oh, yes. Tulipomania, as it was called. Recently introduced to the continent, the price of tulip bulbs reached wild heights. Um, I just wanted to talk about that briefly. That's it? That It's yeah. just another bulb? No, 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 no. It does relate to onions. <laughs> it does. According to a soldier on a ship that was transporting tulip bulbs, he enjoyed a rather unremarkable meal of an onion bulb, which surprised him because onions were usually more flavorful. This was like his review. This isn't me. <laughs> he was like, that meal is unremarkable. Usually onions are better than that. <laughs> but the thing is, this bland onion was worth a fortune at the time. National Geographic called this one of the most expensive meals of all time. Huh. And he thought it was kind he, of bland. He was, he was like, well, this, this million-dollar tulip bulb is a really crappy onion. <laughs> <laughs> Yelp reviews of the past. That's great. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Native Americans used wild onions all kinds of ways to prepare dyes, to make poultices, to make syrups and soups. Columbus's ships brought onions with them to the New World, perhaps planting them as early as 1493 CE. Historians think that when the colonists arrived, one of the first things they planted was onions. Records of it go back to 1629. And American cowboys would later call onions skunk eggs. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. I have a I have a friend whose dad, I think he has used that term around me, and I wasn't sure what it meant. And that now, is that is completely heckin' delightful. I'm for it. <laughs> 16th century doctors prescribe onions for women and animals struggling with infertility. Okay. Mm-hmm. And during the Civil War, onion juice was used to treat gunshot wounds. General Grant even sent this message to Washington's War Department. I will not move my troops without onions. Oh. And they sent him three cartloads worth post-haste. <laughs> 
The first American cookbooks with recipes including onions started cropping up at the end of the 1700s, starting with Amelia Simmons's cookbook, which we've talked about plenty of times on mm-hmm. the show. Oh, basically, f- for as long as there have been cookbooks written in America, they have contained onions. Yes. Apparently, during 18th century France, a caterer gave hungry customers a pair of leather gloves, shredded onions, mustard, and vinegar, and it was a hit. This was also around the time our more modern version of French onion soup recipes started appearing. Onion soups, especially among the poor, go all the way back to ancient Roman times. By the 19th century, several types of onions were grown across the U.S., But this brings us to a very important question. What about onion rings? (laughs) That is a very important question. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They can be traced back to fritters out of ancient Rome. Okay. And tempura from the 16th century. But the more modern onion rings originated right here in the USA during the 20th century. According to something I read, popular as a side mistake among men. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Frozen onion rings started appearing on shelves after World War II. There was an early recipe for onion rings in 1906, but they didn't really take off in the U.S. until fast food popularized them. Ah, sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So this next bit is something I almost didn't include because it's sort of complicated, but it's so fascinating I had to include it. Yeah. Okay. So... (laughs) Apparently, no, not apparently, definitely, <laughs> two onion traders cornered the onion futures trading market on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange in 1955. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, so let's talk about economics for a minute. Yeah, in the onion episode. Okay, <laughs> so this means they had enough control and sway to manipulate the price of onions. So onion futures made up 20% of this exchange around this time, making it the m- most traded product on the exchange. Um, And this was all in an effort to replace lost butter future contracts. Oh. A futures contract is a legal agreement among parties unknown to each other um, to buy or sell something at a predetermined price in the future. Okay. That's a very simplified (laughs) explanation. Love it. Um, So these two traders controlled 98% of the onions in Chicago. (laughs) 98%. And that's 30 million pounds in 1955. And when these onions started to rot, they had them cleaned and repackaged, causing people to think that there was this glut of onions and drove the price of onions way down. Oh, wow. Like less than the bag they were sold in. Um, And this drove many farmers to bankruptcy. What? Yeah. And it led to the passing of the Onion Futures Act in 1958. To prevent such terror from happening again? Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. That is a great story. I know. I was like, economic. Oh, no. Where's oh. my... I, I I demand an HBO miniseries about this. <laughs> oh, it would be so good. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody out there make that happen. Onion Futures. Yeah, but it's in that, like, kind of French swirly font <laughs> with, like, a menacing soundtrack. Yeah. But there's this hopeful note, too, because they're these two dudes, and they're just trying to make it. But then they, <laughs> they lose sight of themselves. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Like the layers of an onion, many layers to this story. <laughs> With all of the interest, the American interest around French cuisine in the 60s, French onion soup really started to take off in this country. 
And this brings us to Toombs County, Georgia. Toombs County, Georgia. 1931. Okay. A farmer by the name of Moses Coleman discovered his crops of onions were sweet, not hot. At first, he had a bit of trouble selling these sweet onions, but through determination, was able to get not only a fair price, but a good price, ah. which was even a bigger deal because this was happening during the Great Depression. Oh, sure. Other farmers copied his success, and soon sweet onions were all the rage. If we jump ahead to the 1940s, the state of Georgia erected a farmer's market in Valdelia because it was at the juncture of a lot of South Georgia's most traveled highways, and it became this tourist stop. And people would come looking for, quote, those onions from Valdelia, a.k.a. Valdelia onions. Through the 50s and 60s, Valdelia onions started appearing on grocery shelves in the area. And in the 70s, an annual festival for the onion was first organized. The Valdelia onion got legit in 1986 when the Georgia legislature gave it legal status and defined the 20 counties that could produce it. Oh. In 1990, the state legislature named the Valdelia onion Georgia's official state vegetable. The following year, the Valdelia onion committee, the Valdelia onion committee, <laughs> started to honor one person a year in the Valdelia onion hall of fame, judged based on character and contribution to the onions. Wow. Yeah. I wish I should have talked to my mom before we did this because I'm, I know I'm pronouncing it the not Georgian way. Vidalia? There's like a southern way to say it. She says it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm from Ohio and Florida. I can't. I definitely am not saying it the correct Georgian way. Um, well. But that's okay. That's, that's apologies, y'all. <laughs> I like the apologies, y'all. Is this what we, we were looking up the yumyun? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. J- just before we recorded, um, I had to take a brief break because uh, super producer Andrew introduced me to Yumyun, mm-hmm. the onion mascot of yeah. Vidalia onions. I love this. There's mascot in every episode now. And it, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't approve. It isn't my friend. Um <laughs> You know, I can't tell you whether or not to Google it because I don't control your life like that. But um, no, I recommend it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I would be unhappy if I met that onion in like a dark alleyway. Oh sure, I mean, he's frightening <laughs> looking, but <laughs> if you want to have some interesting dreams with a king cake baby mascot and an onion mascot, I think. I support it, but... Absolutely. Mm. Um, well, we have got some science for you. But first, we've got one more of those quick breaks for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job 
involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So um, so there's a lot of research into how onions can be, like, like the medicinal properties of onions and whether or not any of these old folk uses actually have any weight to them. Like there's so much about, about antimicrobial properties and possible anti-cancer properties, all this cool stuff. But Instead of researching that, I chose to spend my time today researching the smell. <laughs> I, I, I respect that decision. Um, really, it's one of the reasons we're doing this one is because I was in the kitchen and I just, I'm always surprised when I start crying when I cut an onion. Yeah, like and you I, think that you should get over it at some point, yeah, right? Yeah, like, like, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this this simple little onion is going to bring me to tears every time. I do this all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. It no, it really is. Okay. Um, so one of the funnest things about onions is that neither the compound that makes you cry nor their primary flavor compounds are present in intact onion bulbs. Ooh. All that stuff is created by a number of quick chemical reactions that happen when an onion's cell walls are disturbed. Y'all, we create the flavor of onions when we use them. That's deep. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers. We the are the onions. Oh, we are. The <laughs> um, 
Like if you swallowed an onion whole, it it wouldn't have that flavor. Although I guess you wouldn't know that anyway because you had swallowed it whole. And but yeah, but okay. Let me explain this a little bit. So for, first of all, um, the thing that makes you cry is a different chemical compound than the one that registers as the strong onion smell and and flavor. Though both come about in the same way. Okay. When you break an onion cell walls, the tissue releases these uh, these enzymes called alanases that are really good at breaking down some of the compounds that are present in the whole onion called amino acid sulfoxides. One result of this breakdown is a bunch of molecules called thiosulfonates, which we register as onion smell and taste. Okay? Mm-hmm. Another result, after a little bit of a chain reaction, is a compound called synpropanethiol s oxide. Rolls right off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Now, your eye's cornea, like the outer surface of your eye, is a super rad thing, and it does a lot to protect your eyeballs. It's got all these nerve endings that can detect stuff what would not be good for eyeballs, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, including harsh chemicals. When your cornea, when nerves in your cornea, more specifically, detect synpropanethiol S oxide, those nerves ping your nervous system all like, we might be on fire. And your nervous system responds like, dude, calm down. It's just an irritant. We have tears for this. <laughs> and so your it, it triggers your glands tr- to produce tears to wash away the irritating chemical. But it, it feels like burning because that's the type of pain signal that the corneal nerves that detect this chemical trigger. So, Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of unscientific tricks <laughs> to keep yourself from tearing up uh, some, for the unscience part of the episode. Um, putting a piece of bread between your teeth while chopping? No. Uh, <laughs> although, I mean, I do, if you want to do it. I mean, you if you just want to eat some bread. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Uh, using a sharp knife? Maybe. Uh, placing the cut exposed areas of the onion against the cutting surface? Maybe. It's pretty much a weighted out kind of thing. Um, the formation of this chemical will peak at about 30 seconds after the damage has been done to the onion and will dissipate after about five minutes because it chain reacts into other chemicals after that. But, yeah, it just happens. Sorry. <laughs> it's the um, price we pay. It is. Oh, but researchers are developing a tearless onion, or they've been working on it, and they done did that thing. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a proprietary varietal. They're calling a sunion. <laughs> look disappointed in yourself at laughing at that one. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> um, the Sunion was just released for the first time last spring in limited United States markets, and they're hoping to roll them out nationwide within the next five years. No more tears. Tear-free onions. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, I did read apparently rubbing your your fingers and hands with a steel spoon helps minimize lingering onion odor um, or a stainless steel soap bar. And then there's onion goggles. Like you can really buy onion goggles. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I do like the idea of wearing goggles in the kitchen and I I am so accident prone. That's probably a good idea (laughs) for me. But I have just all the time. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if I could pull it off, but I like it. I'm envious of people who wear glasses for the reason that I'm like, oh, man, that's a really good just outward protection. (laughs) 
I have a, I got LASIK a couple years ago and I have the like super goggles. Ooh. I still have them now. They don't look cool at all. But <laughs> if I was concerned with safety, I suppose. Yeah. Eh, I got options. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you can also sometimes um, coffee grounds help get get various kitchen odors out of oh. out of your hands if you uh yeah yeah just rub rub with a little bit of coffee grounds oh when you're washing them yeah tips galore mm-hmm. that about brings us to the end of this episode it does and to listen mail like the layers of an onion oh that's like the ninth time we've said that this episode that's great well, it is fascinating. <laughs> Chad wrote, I recently listened to your episode on hot sauce, and when you briefly mentioned the nutrition facts, it reminded me of a time when I ate more hot sauce in a couple of days than any human should. Ooh. Last year, I competed in a bodybuilding competition. Ooh. During the week of the show, the diet for training shifts pretty drastically. There were a couple of days before the show where my coach had me water and salt load my body. This is intended to round out the body and muscles prior to your depleting yourself of water and salt closer to the day of the show. This is kind of like the onion dressing. Ah, I didn't even put that together. Okay. Um, My goals for sodium intake for these two days was to double my current intake. To accomplish this, my coach suggested that I add salt to my water during the day. But that was not going to (laughs) happen. Instead, I had a great idea. Or so I thought. To just add copious amounts of hot sauce to my extremely bland competition week foods. In hindsight, I would have opted to just add some salt to my water on occasion (laughs) because adding at times one-fourth cup or more hot sauce to my quinoa and egg whites was not only sinus draining but overpowering in taste. In the end, I did win first place in my division, but also put me off hot sauce for a good month. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm sure it did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love hot sauce, and I, I frequently over-add because I'm so excited about it. Sure. But really, a little goes on. It certainly does. Yeah. Ooh. Jay wrote, as a native New Orleanian, I can't express how much I enjoyed your miniseries on NOLA. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, it makes me proud to hear visitors talk about how much they love my hometown. Listening to each episode, I was overcome with memories around food. Chowing down on my papa's red beans and rice every Monday as a child. I still make them now for my own family using his exact recipe. His twist, add a tablespoon of sugar and mash a cup of the beans halfway through cooking to thicken it up. Ooh. Crawfish boils and a bead of beer at tailgates. King cakes and jello shots on Mardi Gras weekend. Catching beads thrown by Drew Brees at Bacchus after the Saints won the Super Bowl. The Louisiana sampler at the coffee pot after a late night of absinthe at the Pirate's Alley Cafe. Bananas foster at Brennan's the day after. Po' boys at the galley and turtle soup at Commander's Palace. Seafood gumbo in the courtyard at Napoleon House. Gawking at the delightfully extravagant and ostentatious Christmas lights at Al Copeland's house. Proposing to my now wife at the Columns Hotel. And many a Thanksgiving dinner at my aunt's with my mama's oyster stuffing. Those are some good food memories. Those are. That all sounds delicious. And I want want to have those memories myself someday. (laughs) We are completely normal here at Saver yes. in the way that we speak and word things. Absolutely. We are not pod people. Or well, we robots. Are, we are pod people. We're podcast people. Aw. Lauren, <laughs> you brought it home. You really did. 
<laughs> if you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. We hope to hear from you. Thank you to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.